Good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy Sabbath, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us stand as we usher in the Holy Spirit this morning as we sing Sabbath rest. We set our work aside. We set our work Good morning. Happy Sabbath, everybody. That sounds about like um, two or three. Good morning and happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on now. Are you glad to be in God's house? Come on now. Are you glad that God woke you up this morning? Started you on your way. Anybody had food this morning? Amen. Well, I didn't eat my breakfast, but God is good. <laughs> This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are so excited to be here today. You may be seated. You may be seated. We want to thank God for allowing us to be in his midst. Amen. I don't know if you know why I'm so excited, but I'm going to share with you why I'm so excited. I am so excited because I left my house driving on Wednesday and got home third, um, Friday. At about, at about 535. How many miles? How many miles? Amen. I was driving. Amen. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. But I was driving up with my wife, my um, daughters and I. We were on our way to Pennsylvania, and I looked at my miles, how many miles we have on our van. And when we bought that van, we had 36 miles on there, I believe it was. 36 miles. 
And as I was driving, I looked at those miles on there. It said 333,333. Try to take a picture of it, but my daughter kept looking at me. Praise God for good daughters. And so she took a picture of the mileage and I sent it to the family. And all I could say was, Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Amen. So I am glad to be on solid ground and not on wheels that are turning. Come on, somebody. But God is good. He is faithful. He had kept us on the road. I didn't get tired. I felt your prayers. I want to say that. I, I felt the prayers. My wife called about six times. Uh, my uncle called about four times. Uh, Pastor Hackle called about four times. Um, I felt your prayers. I was on prayer meeting while I was driving. Amen. Amen. Elder, Elder Wellington gave a powerful message, but I was still driving. Folk went to sleep praying for me and woke up praying for me. I was still driving. <laughs> but God is so good, and we want to just say welcome, welcome, welcome. For all of you that are viewing online, we want to say thank you so much for taking time out, for spending this day with us on this beautiful Sabbath day. We're so excited to be in God's house. I see we have some guests in the house. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. And some return family. I was about to say that. Your, your boss and husband and daughters? Oh, Lord. About to get me in trouble up here. I might need to have somebody else do this introduction. Come on, somebody. Patrick and Sarah. Well, I have Mr. Patrick. Amen. I don't want to be prophetic in here, but welcome. Amen. Sister Sarah, God is good. She's clapping, amen, she's clapping, so, so God is good, amen, we want to welcome you here um, at Tabernacle of Praise at the top where we are just a family, we love the Lord, we love people, and we're so glad that you have chosen to worship with us on this beautiful Sabbath day, so welcome. We also have Miss, um, is that Lana? Lana? Sister Lana in the house, amen. And, and, and Miss Sheila, wait, just, just wave your hand, I want to make sure I got, there you are. There you are, amen. We want to welcome you in the house today. Praise God for you. We know you could have gone somewhere else. You could have held on to the mattress like I wanted to. <laughs> but you're here, and we are so glad that you're here. So we want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. And all of you that are viewing online, if you're viewing with us for the very first time, we want to say welcome to you as well. Um, for we know that you could have tuned in somewhere else. You could have turned the dial somewhere else. But you have chosen to worship with us at Tabernacle of Praise. And so we want to say thank you and we welcome you. Am I overlooking anyone? Your daughter, Christina. Oh, yes, I see you. And Grayson. He's hiding. Sister Christina, you have to come home more because uh, you look different. Did you say the same thing? Okay, so it's not my eyes, amen. But welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. And to all that are visiting with us and even our returning family members that are here with us, we want to say welcome. We thank you for joining in with us. Just want to share just a couple of announcements and I'm going to get out of your way. Just want to remind all of our board members that we will be meeting on Monday, our regular board meeting time. We encourage you to mark your calendars for that. Um, we also want to remind you um, that um, our GC is this um, year here in St. Louis. So we want you to prepare your 
your hearts for that. And also at the New Horizon Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, they have the, um, the, the tabernacle, um, the, the big virtual, not the virtual, but the real tabernacle where you can actually walk through and see all of the furniture. So if you're interested in that, um, you can see me after the service. Again, we want to welcome you all. We thank God for you for being here with us. And we know that God has a a great plan in store for the people of God. At this time, if you can just bow your heads with me as I offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful and so appreciative of the fact that you have chosen us to be a part of this awesome experience today. We take nothing for granted, but in all things, we give thanks. So we bless you, O God. We honor you. And we just give you all praise in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen and amen, amen again.
with God I can get yes. through this. Amen. Whatever your this That's is, you can get through it with yes. God. This is our prayer time, time where we gather our thoughts, our hearts as we approach the throne of God. Um, as always, we come before him with humble hearts, knowing that he is a God that not just hears but even answers our prayers. It's a blessing to know that there is someone that we can turn to. You turn on the news, you look around the world in which we live in, and we see all the tragedies, all the devastations, the wars. The Bible talks about the rumors of wars. We see the pain and the, the hurt. We see the discomfort. There's so much negativity. And to know that there is a God that we can turn our attention to, to turn our hearts to that is able to bring us up out of that place of devastation to bring us up out of that place of despair because that's the kind of God that he is I don't know about you uh, but we serve a mighty God and he's faithful and he's just and he cares for us even when we're not caring for our own selves Um, so we thank God so as we gather our hearts as we gather our minds, as we approach his throne, let's remember our top family. Let's remember our family and friends that are here with us, that they will leave knowing that they have been in the presence of an awesome and mighty God. Let's remember all of our family members who are battling with health challenges. We know that God is still a healer and that he has healing in his wings. And let's remember the, the state, uh, um, our state. Um, let's remember our conference and our president, and let's remember one another. So for those that choose to come close, we do welcome you, but if you want to remain in your seats, we ask if you can reverently kneel as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we're so thankful, we're so privileged, and we're so honored to be able to come before you in this manner. And we do recognize, Father God, that we are nothing without you, but with you we're more than conquerors. And so we bless you today, Father, for just being who you are, not because of the blessings that we've received thus far, not because of what you're able to do for us, but simply because of who you are, your mighty You're majestic. You have all power in your hands. And so we thank you today, oh God, for loving us in spite of ourselves. We thank you, Father, for thinking enough of us and laying down your life that we may have life. And not just have life, but to have it more abundantly. So we bless you today, oh God. Thank you for thinking of us enough to set aside a day that we may reflect on your glory. We worship you all week long. But we thank you, Father, for a special time. We thank you, Father God, for a special anointing, a special moment in time where we can spend with you. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you, Father God, for looking beyond our faults and seeing what we were in need of. Not being judgmental, not holding things over our heads and and not reminding us of our failures and our faults, but but you beckoned us to come unto thee. All ye who are heavy laden and are laboring, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, and I will learn of me, for my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. So we thank you, Father, for caring for us. Thank you for watching over us. So you're so amazing. You're so awesome. Again, God, without you, we're hopelessly lost. But with you, Father, we're more than conquerors. So bless you today, God. Bless you for keeping us, protecting us from dangers seen and unseen. Thank you for being real, not just a figment of our imagination. But you're real in our soul today. You speak to us in the lonely nights. You comfort us, oh God, when our eyes are so watered down where we can't seem to see straight. You're there, Father. And you're keeping us and you're holding us. So as we come, Father, we just want to lift up before you our members. Those who long to be here, Father, but health challenges prevented them. We ask that you would stop by their homes, stop by their bedsides, stop by their couches, stop by wherever they are, God. Let them know that you make no mistakes. Let them know that you have them in the palm of your hand and that you're working it out. And you're working it out for their good. So, Lord, we pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. Father, somebody is in the valley of decision this morning need to make their calling and election sure. We pray that today would be the day of their salvation. That today would be the day that they make their calling and election sure. So Father, do what you do today. Let us not leave here the same way we came, but let us leave here with a newfound love for the things of God, for you are so amazing. Father, we have individuals that are visiting with us here for the very first time. We pray that their time with us will be full of your grace and your mercy, will be full of your joy, will be full of your love. That they will know that this is the house that the Lord has built. Father God, we have our family that are visiting with us online. Father God, that join in with us all over the place on YouTube and Facebook and Roku, all over. Father God, we thank you for our guests, our family, our friends, our members that tune in faithfully to spend this time with with you as well as with us. So we bless you today, God, for what you've done and what you're doing and what you are about to do. So Father, not that you're not already here, but we want to say thank you for being here with us. Thank you for unlocking the doors. Thank you, Father God, for turning on the lights. Thank you, God, for setting the rolls and the pews straight. Thank you for keeping this house a house of worship. So, Father, we honor you and we bless you. And we give you all praise, honor, and glory. Be with the spoken word today. That it may come across with clarity, with truth. And we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Just want to give you our quick stewardship nugget for today. Of course, stewardship being our personal use of uh, the gifts that God has given us of time, talent, temple, and treasure. And it's important to realize as we celebrate communion today that Jesus was the ultimate in faithful stewardship. He gave his time, his entire life, for our sake. He used his talent to witness of the glory of God. He gave his temple, his body. And the scripture says there is no greater sacrifice you can make than to lay down your life for your brother. That's right. And he also left all the treasure of heaven to come down to this earth for our salvation's sake. 
And we ask ourselves, how can I be a steward, a faithful steward like Jesus? Well, I heard it said once before, we can't be like Christ because we can't give our life for the salvation of mankind. But we can be Christ-like by imitating him and following his example. So as we follow Christ's example in terms of our time, People always ask me, Brother Carol, how can I be a faithful steward? I don't know how I want to, but I don't know how. Just a quick example of using your time. Use your time to study the Word. Use your time to study a Sabbath school lesson. Use your time to pray for someone. That's right. Use your time and join the Sabbath school class at 9 a.m. Uh-huh. Use your time to join the discipleship class at 2.30 p.m. And there are our church prayer meeting, there's the Central States Conference prayer meeting, there's North American Division prayer meeting. Use your time to join one of those. What can I do with my talent? You can use your talent to help Brother Thomas Jenkins with the youth department. That's right. He's looking for people. You can use your talent in one of the various departments that we have. Everybody has a talent. Just find your spot and then use it for the glory of God. What can I do with my temple? How can I use my temple to be a faithful steward? By eating right foods, by drinking plenty of water, taking care of your body, and by going on outreach, not just with the church, of course with the church, but on your own. That's right. Take time to get out, walk around your neighborhood, say hello to your neighbors. When you're up at the track walking, Say hi to somebody there and let the light of Christ shine from your face and from your words. And finally, how can I serve Christ as a steward with my treasure? God gives all of us some kind of income. That's right. Somehow you're making a living. <laughs> he just asks that you share a little bit with him. An honest tithe, 10%, and then an honest offering. And as our deacons come forward to lift this morning's tithe and offering, just a reminder... Be consistent whatever you do. You don't have to put in every cent you make, but be honest and be consistent. And I promise you, God is going to bless you as he said. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for an honest and faithful tithe and offering which is being returned at this time. We thank you for blessing us to use our time, talent, temple, and treasure as faithful stewards for you. We ask and pray that you'll take this earthly uh, treasure, Lord and use it for a holy use, blessing those around us with the knowledge and the love of Christ. In his blessed name we thank you. Amen and amen. Amen.
woke me early this morning. I was closed in my right mind. He didn't let me sleep too late. Oh, but he woke me up on time. Yeah, he woke me up. says when I see the blood just imagine it in your mind yes the blood of Jesus yes. shed yes. for you mm-hmm. and for me yes. Yes. oh when I see the blood yes. Lord look and have mercy today yes. Yeah. 
I praise you. 
Somebody say yes. Say yes. Say yes. There's power in the blood. Say yes. Say yes. amazing he's amazing he's good like that he's good like that oh yes you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me amen God is so good oh I get excited when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out. My soul cries out. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you may be seated. You may be seated. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Boy, I tell you, I can keep going. I can keep going. I'm, I'm so excited this morning. The, 
to think of the what's about to take place and what is taking place. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God and he is truly worthy of all the praise, honor, and glory. I can't, I, 10,000 tongues. I can't even begin to explain or describe just how great God is and how he's worthy of all the praise. Amen, amen. We want to go ahead and get into our word today. God is so good. He is so good. He is so good. Let me try to get my thoughts together. Hallelujah. I've been on that road. And I'm on solid ground now. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, <laughs> God is good. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians. You should be on the screen. For those that um, Bibles chose to not follow them today, and we pray that that's not the case. But if you have your iPhone, your smartphone, your Galaxy phone, uh, your rotary phone, <laughs> if you have your iPad, your knee pad, <laughs> if you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians, amen, chapter 11, and I'll read these in your hearings, but if you can please honor with the word of God by standing, I'll read these verses in your hearing. For I have received from the Lord that which I have delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then the same manner, he also took the cup, um, supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And if you can jump over to Deuteronomy um, chapter 8, um, verse 3, we should have that on the screen there. It says, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you known, know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord thy God. Today I want us to spend a little time as we discuss the topic in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, you are truly an amazing God. Um, without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. And so we say thank you for covering us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for doing what you do for us. In spite of ourselves, you chose to love us. You made a conscious decision to wake us up. And so we say bless you. Now, as we enter into this time in the word, we pray that you will Speak to us through thy word, for thy word is truth. Let us not leave here the same way we came. I must now decrease that thy spirit may increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In remembrance of me. 
we serve a God that is able, again, um, to do all things um, but fail. Um, and I don't know about you, but I am so um, overjoyed and over um, elated at the fact that God, with all of his power and with all of his knowledge and knowing and just being God, and nobody could beat him, nobody could um, challenge him, nobody could wrestle with him, um, it could do whatever he wants to do. Now, if I were to ask you, if you had that kind of power, which one of us in here would you zap first? <laughs> Somebody clean their throat. <laughs> don't, don't. If, <laughs> if you had that kind of power, who on your job would you zap first? <laughs> but, but we serve a God that have all power and all knowledge and could be anywhere, anytime, at the same place, at the same time, and, and all of this stuff. But yet, he chooses to love. And not only that, but the Bible tells us that he laid his life down that we may have life. And so when we look at the story of Jesus, as he spoke to his disciples during this final time on earth in this physical body, Jesus asked all of his followers to participate in this meal in remembering of him. He calls us to this remembrance, and I'm sure that these words sounded as foreign to the Corinthians and as, the, 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 as they do to us, that this man would start talking about his body and breaking bread and eating his body and his body and his blood and, and take the cup. Now, this cup is the cup of my blood. Now, let's just be real and be transparent in here. If we were at a dinner table and... We're having a wonderful time at the dinner table, Sister Lewis, and, and one of the guests just all of a sudden grabbed a loaf of bread and broke it and said, this is my body. I'm sure you would probably ask for a dismissal of that individual and have questions to ask. But here the disciples, as Jesus began to share this analogy with them, that question was asked, how do you, how can, how can you recall someone? How can you remember someone that you've never met? How can you remember someone that you never physically laid eyes on? It was difficult for the disciples during that time. How much more challenging must it present itself to us in 2022 to take part of a meal and Take part of this Lord's Supper, if you will, and you never laid eyes on the man Jesus. You have an experience with him, I'm sure, because there were some moments in your walk where you didn't know how you were going to make it. There were moments in your experience when you didn't know how the bills were going to get paid. And Sister Beverly, you called on the name of Jesus and something happened. Yet we find ourselves in this conversation as we are remembering Jesus. 
Remembering someone that we never laid eyes on. Remembering someone that we never physically sat down at the table with and had a conversation with. But yet we're called to remember. So what are we remembering as Christians? Uh, the Christians in Corinth had, 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 lo- had lots of issues going on. They were divided in their loyalty. Some liked Apollos better than Paul. And a few of them favored Peter over Paul and, and Apostle uh, 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 or Apollos. Uh, uh, they weren't sure what to do with food they had been offered as sacrifice. They didn't know what to do. There were so many issues that they were dealing with. So was it safe to eat or not? They didn't know what was going on. Many were showing up at the table uh, 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 eating the food as if it it was their last meal. There were a lot of issues. But in chapter 11, Paul is addressing the problem of table fellowship. He tells the Corinthians of a revelation that he had from Jesus himself. Listen to what he said again as I read the text here in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says, for this is what the Lord himself said. And I pass this on to you just as I received it, that on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a the new covenant between God and you. Uh, he says, Scale by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you do this, as often as you drink it. So I ask you the question once again. How? Do you remember someone you've never seen, someone you've never talked to, someone you've never probably even listened to? Well, the best way to discover the answer to this question is to take a look at the symbols that Jesus used. He used the body and bread. He used blood and wine. Now, before we look at these symbols, the first thing we must remember is the context in which Jesus uh, first used these words. It was a special time. Jesus was celebrating the Passover. He was celebrating the Passover with his disciples. In a nutshell, the Passover was a meal which commemorated the deliverance of God's people out of Egypt. Every type of food on the table had a symbolic meaning, especially the roasted lamb. It reminded them of the lamb's blood that was smeared on the doorposts of the homes of the Hebrews so that the death angel would pass over uh, uh, their homes and enter only into the homes of the Egyptian. So this was a very special moment that was taking place here. This was not a, a the, 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 this was something that they did on a regular as a, as a, as a, as a commemoration of the people of of, of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. So the Passover meal was a ritual. 
The children would ask the father certain questions and he would answer their question by telling them about how God delivered them from Egypt and led them to the promised land, unlike how we do at our dinner tables. At times, we, it's hard to get even our children to the dinner table at times. We eat in our rooms or we eat uh, in the living room or we eat in the back room and, 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 and we don't sit around the table and have these type of discussions. Uh, but, 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 but back then, back then, they will all come together. The children will come together. It was an exciting time for families to sit down at the table and have a meal. And some cultures, uh, they put all the food in the middle of the table and, and, and everyone just grab uh, uh, their share um, and they eat all out of the same bowl. But when Jesus began talking about the bread being his body and the wine being his blood, the disciples knew Jesus was giving new meaning to the Passover meal. So let's now take a look at what Jesus was asking them and us to remember. Two symbols of the Holy Communion. Number one is the bread. Bread, basic nourishment for life. In other words, food in general. So before, before Moses' death, just before Moses' death, he delivered a series of messages that we had recorded in the book of Deuteronomy. He was preparing the Israelites to enter into Canaan. He was preparing them to enter into the promised land. And in the verse that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 he simply told them uh, he simply told them uh, uh, and, 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 and he humbled these uh, 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 and he suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna with thou knowest not neither did thy fathers know so let me put a pause right there because Moses is simply reminding them that God had fed you with something that you didn't know what it was you've never seen it before you didn't know where it came from you didn't know how it got there. All you knew was that you woke up in the morning and the streets was covered with this white stuff. And thank God we were able to eat it. Your fathers didn't know anything about it. You can't go into the history books to try to get some type of understanding of what this stuff is. This is new. And Moses was simply letting them know that even your forefathers, your fathers didn't know. They had might not, they, they didn't know what it was. Man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord thy God doth man live. So when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he quoted the last phrase of this verse uh, to resist the devil. Jesus hadn't eaten for some 40 days uh, and he was hungry, but yet he knew uh, what we either didn't know or failed to remember that God will supply your every need including our food that God will take care of you so one thing we remember is that God's provision for our lives that God will take care of you so that's one thing that we remember when we come to the table and we call uh, uh, the Lord's Supper we are remembering that God is our provider but more importantly, 
we remember that God's words, that God's word is more important than bread. In other words, God's word feeds our soul while bread only feeds the physical body. Doctors and psychologists are, are, are validating what Jesus and Moses knew thousands of years ago, uh, 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 that the health of the soul is vitally affected by the health of the body. If your body is weak, if your, if your soul is weak, your body will be weak. So every time you eat bread, you are to remember to feed your soul on God's food as well. So not only do we take care of the physical, but we're taking care of the spiritual. That's why we say grace before we eat. Giving God thanks. Jesus did a startling thing during the Passover meal when he equated the bread with his body. First of all, eating someone's flesh is a repulsive thought. Either if you consider it symbolically, it's still repulsive. So what was Jesus saying to them? Oh, yes, in the, in the book of uh, uh, in, in, in John's gospel, uh, I began with these words. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. He was with God and he was God. Verse 14 goes on to say that, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst humans. The word of God, in other words, Jesus Christ became flesh and blood so that we, you and I, could know him and experience him on a real and personal level the word of God became human so that God could give himself for us not to us but he became flesh and blood so that he can give himself for us I don't know about you that's just good news you see, there is a great mystery here. No one fully really understands everything that Jesus meant by this startling word. Uh, 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 even though they didn't understand, the disciples uh, obeyed him and they ate the bread. It didn't make sense. I couldn't understand it. It don't, it's not adding up. It's not lining up. But Jesus, because you said it, I'm okay with it. I don't understand how it all works. I don't understand how it all comes together, but because Jesus, you said it, it must be all right. So they took Jesus at his word and they ate. When they ate the bread, uh, I, I, I am reminded of the life and the teachings of Jesus. Uh, I, 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 I'm reminded uh, of the example that he lived. When I eat the bread, I'm reminded of his life. I'm reminded of how he shows me and us uh, uh, how he lived, how to live in a relationship with God. I'm reminded the miracles that he performed. Uh, the blinded eyes were open and the storms that were calm. Uh, the death whom uh, he made able to here. The lame was able to leap with joy. When I eat the bread, I am reminded of all that Jesus has done for me. I'm reminded of that. So I come to the table with a clear understanding that this is not just an ordinary thing. This is not just an average thing, but I'm reminded of everything that Jesus has done for me. There was another important symbol of this Passover, which was the cup. 
Uh, the cup of wine. The wine reminded the Israelites of two things. Here it is right here. The blood was a shed, was a shed every year to atone for their sins. Uh, because of what God did for the children of Israel when they were in bondage, uh, every year they will celebrate this Passover. So this, this here cup or this wine, if you will, it was simply a reminder of what God had did for them. And not only that, but the blood of the lamb that saved them from the death angel. So it reminded them of what God did, of, of, of how he protected them. It reminded them how God saved them while the death angel took the lives of the firstborn of everyone else. But those that were covered under the blood, it reminded them of a safe haven. It reminded them of a safe place. And once again, Jesus makes this startling statement. He paralleled the wine with his blood. He told them that this, that his blood would seal a new covenant between God and his people. Then he told them to drink it. And again and again, there is more here than anyone can really understand. But all I can tell you this morning is that Jesus promised us forgiveness for our sins through his blood. That through his blood, I am now forgiven. How does it work? I can't explain it. But because Jesus said it, I stand on it. I can't fathom how he can take blood and the blood would be a forgiveness of my sins. I don't understand it, elders. I can't figure it out with all of the education. All of my limited education is still not adding up. But at the same time, I stand here now forgiven because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. So you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, you don't have to take my word for it because I'm taking Jesus' words for it. Because Jesus said it, I'm okay with it. And so when we trust in his work of salvation instead of ours, we are cleansed from the, from the guilt and the power of sin. When I think of all that God had done for me, I understand now that it's not my battle anyway. It's not making sense. It's not for it to make sense for me. It's simply for me to obey. It's not for me to be able to connect all the dots. All I'm responsible for is obeying. So when I look again at what Jesus, what Jesus was saying uh, uh, to drink of this wine, when we partake of the sacrament of love, it brings to remembrance that God loved us so much that he allowed his son to die in our place. When I think of this juice, when I think of this wine, I remember that Jesus literally shed his blood so that I could live. I should be dead, sleeping in my grave, but because Jesus died, I can live. So the Lord's Supper serves as a, as a time, the Lord's service is a time of remembrance. That is why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. 
I'm going to wrap it up here real soon. In other words, we are remembering as we come to the table. This is a time for, for, for commemoration. This is a time uh, 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 for us to commemorate. In other words, the word commemorate simply means to honor the memory of somebody or something in a ceremony. In, in other words, it, 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 it is a service as a memorial to something. So what am I saying? In other words, if the Lord's Supper is anything, it is a memorial. It's a memorial. It is a, it is a time to remember Jesus and, and what he did for us. The following is what, is what we are commemorating today. Number one, we commemorate his suffering. In verse 24 through 25, it talks about the broken body and the blood of Jesus. Both are vivid phrases that brings to mind suffering and it brings to mind pain. We, when we take the elements of the Lord's Supper, we are to remember that Jesus Christ, he suffered horribly for you and for me. That he suffered for our sins. That he was humiliated just so that you can smile and show up in here looking good as you do. He was humiliated. This is a time where we commemorate his suffering. Not only that, but we commemorate his sacrifice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The fact that Jesus Christ was in human body speaks of the sacrifice he made to redeem you and me. God became man, lived and died in this world to redeem lost souls. So we commemorate his suffering. We commemorate his sacrifice. Not only that, not only is it a time to commemorate, but it's also a time to celebrate. Oh, yes, we can celebrate just as much as the Lord's Supper service is a commemoration. It is also a celebration. In other words, the word celebrate simply means to mark a special occasion or day by ceremonies or festivities. In other words, it comes from the Latin word that means to attend a feast. Uh, uh, we are here to attend a feast that is celebrating what Jesus did for us. We are here to celebrate that Jesus laid his life down, that we may have life. I know sometimes you want to come to a service such as this as a, as a sad occasion. Uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a pitiful occasion, but let me help somebody along the way. This is a time for you to rejoice. This is a time for you to celebrate. This is a time for you to recognize that you should be dead, but because of what God did, I can can now come to this place up and recall those days of when Christ said now I have laid my life down now it is finished it is finished for me to be able to walk into my father's kingdom because if I can put a pen right there there was another side of this thing we have to understand because while those individuals were standing at the foot of the cross and while they was witnessing a brutal uh, 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 murder because that's exactly what it was uh, while 
they stood at the foot of the cross uh, and they watched an innocent man uh, die on the cross. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, Jesus was on the cross. Uh, and while what he saw, uh, he saw heaven opened up. Uh, what he saw, uh, he saw him entering into a new place. Uh, what he saw, uh, he saw his father welcoming him uh, back home. Uh, what he saw, uh, he saw victory over sin. Uh, what he saw, uh, he saw a defeated foe uh, that once had his, his foot on our neck. Uh, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, uh, he was able to see the keys uh, of hell dangling. Uh, I got the keys. Uh, what Jesus saw, uh, he saw power. What Jesus saw, uh, he saw authority. So when we come to the table, family of God, we don't come in defeat. We don't come with despair. But we come knowing uh, that we have victory over sin. Uh, and that once the devil had me bound uh, in my sins, uh, but because Jesus laid his life down, uh, because Jesus shed his blood, uh, I can now stand victorious. Uh, so I come to the table uh, with victory in my spirit. I come to the table with praise uh, on my lips uh, because of what Jesus did. So, oh, oh, it's a, it's a time. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of celebration. Not only that, but can I go a little further? Can I go a little further? I know this is my mask. Can I, can I go a little further? Uh, uh, we come, we celebrate his conquerors and, and, and other, his, uh, his um, conquest. In other words, what is not re, uh, uh, mentioned in, in these words is that, but what he clearly implied is not mentioned in, in, in this verse, but it is clearly implied is the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead after his death on the cross. So, you see, anyone could have died. Anyone could have been speared in the side. Anyone could have hung on a cross. Uh, but only Jesus uh, could have paid for your sins uh, and mine uh, through his death. Anybody could have died. Uh, but you wouldn't have been able to die for my sins. Uh, so we celebrate his conquest. Uh, we celebrate the fact that nobody could have died for me and rose again on the third day uh, and declare all power has been given unto me. You tried dying on a cross you try raising from the dead uh, and we'll see what will happen uh, you will be there three days later you will be there four days later I'll come back six days later and you will still be laying there I'll come back a year later while your body may not be there but your bones will be there you will begin to go back into the earth from which you came uh, so I declare that Jesus as he celebrated with the disciples we are celebrating his conquest quest but not only that but we are celebrating his coming we are clearly told that when we observe the lord's supper when we observe the lord's supper uh, 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 we are telling this world that we believe that jesus is coming again every time we come to the table thank you so much every time we come to the table we are celebrating the fact that jesus is coming again this is our testament right here that jesus is soon to come the world look at the table they walk through the door they see the white sheet blanket over the table and they begin to realize what is going on here it's a reminder that the god that we worship the god that we serve is one day 
coming back again. Uh, this is an act of faith. Uh, every time we come to the table, we're displaying our faith in Jesus uh, that he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So we are celebrating uh, him coming back again. This is his promise to us. That promise was reaffirmed by Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says that the Lord will descend with a shout, with the shout of the archangel. He will come again. That the dead in Christ will rise first. It was also a re 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 reaffirmed by Jesus himself in the closing words of the Bible in Revelation. Uh, he is coming, and that is a truth we can celebrate with joy. So we come to the table with celebration. Not only that, but we come. It's a time of contemplation. You see, the Lord's Supper serves as a time for commemoration and celebration, but it's also a time for contemplation. And in other words, these words simply means to think about something seriously and at length. When I think of what Jesus suffered for me, I want to worship him even more. When I think of all the things that we are here to celebrate, I want to shout his praises. But when I understand the message of verse 27, I understand that the Lord's Supper is also a very serious time. It's a time for us to reflect upon the conditions of our lives so that we can be sure that we are where we need to be with the Lord before we participate in this service. It's a time of contemplation. We must contemplate our salvation. In spite of all their in spite of all of their sins and failures, Paul is writing to save people in this chapter. So these aren't individuals who don't know the Lord. These aren't individuals who were who were who were lost and they went outside into the neighborhood and, and brought them in so they can partake. No, 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 no. These were individuals that understood their salvation. These were church folk. Paul was writing to save people in this chapter when Paul used the words us and we. He is talking about himself and his fellow believers. He is giving detail of a celebration, a commemoration that is for believers only. Because the truth of the matter is the world don't know about this. The world don't understand this, but we are here setting the table up. We were here last night pulling things together. We're here making sure that everything, the, the, uh, the um, sheet is ironed and looking its best. We're here making sure that the elders and the deacons and everybody is dressed to and tea. The deaconess, we're here because we're celebrating. We want to present ourselves to God in a way that is, that is, that is special, that is respectful, that has dignity. That when we come to this table, we understand that we're dealing with saved folk. We must contemplate our salvation. Not only that, but we must contemplate our sanctification. Notice in verse 27, there is a word in the verse that, that bothered me a little. In other words, it is the word unworthily. 
You see, we are told that if we take of this bread and this cup unworthily, that we'll be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. In fact, this has the idea of treating Jesus' life like those that stood at the foot of the cross that hailed insults at him, that mocked him, that jeering crowd, you know, they did, you know, they, 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 they yelled slanderous things to him. They didn't respect the body. They didn't respect what was going on. They took Jesus and they treated him any kind of way. That's why when we come to the table, we have to understand that we soul search ourselves because we don't want to be found like the jeering crowd. We don't want to be found being disrespectful to the body of Christ, uh, to the body of Christ. So that's why we come with a contemplative spirit and we reconcile and we toil this thing over because we are understanding that this was a sacrifice that was done on our behalf the lord is telling us to examine ourselves to examine our lives we need to be sure that we are clean before we come to the table when we partake of this table with our unclean heart we need to be aware that there will be a price to pay some are sick because of it Verse 30 goes on to tell us, some are dead because of it. All will be chastened because of it. So what are we to do? The answer is found in verse 31. (laughs) We are to come to examine ourselves and bring our sins to his altar and confess and repent. Jesus made it possible because if it wasn't for that, none of us, none of us, but Jesus made it possible. Just simply reflect on your life and say, Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I've fallen short. Lord, I've harbored some stuff. Forgive me, Jesus. Help me to be more like you, God. And the Bible says that he will forgive you of your sins. It is this, it is that serious. Yes, it is. In fact, it is so serious that I will say to you that if you have sin in your life and you do not plan to confess it or deal with it at this altar, then you should let the bread and the juice pass you by. (laughs) I know, I know we don't like to hear that. We don't like to turn nobody away from the table. But let me explain something to you, brothers and sisters. I have a responsibility as the, as, the, as, a, as the voice of God, amen, as the man of God, to let you know that if you plan on holding on to that sin, if you plan on holding on to that unforgiving spirit, I just, I'm, I'm just don't like her. I'm not going to try to like her. I'm not going to love him. I'm going to keep on hating him. I'm going to keep on, but give me the juice, pastor. Give me the juice. You hear how that sounded? Just me saying that. And the fact that we have individuals that feel that it is okay to still be bitter, to still be vengeful, to still be hateful, but yet feel it okay to come to the table. 
So what do we do? We give it over to Jesus. We confess. And when we do that, we can expect his chastisement. Amen. God said, I will take care of you. We're almost ready to come to the Lord's Supper. We're almost ready to commemorate the celebration and, and, and celebrate our wonderful Savior's life, his death, and his resurrection, and his return. But before we do, we need to, make, to have a time of contemplation. So I'm going to expand, extend a challenge to you today to examine your heart. I want you to look deep within yourselves and to see just where you stand with the Lord. And here is what I want you to ask yourself. Number one, am I really saved? Is Jesus my savior? Am I sure? Am I clean before him today? Have all of my sins been confessed before the Lord? Can I take the Lord's Supper with a worthy heart? Number three, am I ready to partake of the Lord's Supper with a focused heart? Are my thoughts centered on Jesus, his his worship, and what he has done in my life? Am I ready to do this in remembrance of him. If that's the case, if these are, if, if this the case, then I invite you to come to the table. This is a very special and solemn time as we gather our thoughts and as we gather our hearts, as we look to our Savior, as we look to the one that made it possible for us to even come to this place. I want us to be reminded that, that we are here to celebrate, to commemorate, to worship the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What we're going to ask of you to do as we prepare to unveil the table and have our reading of the bread and the prayer by Elder Wellington and the reading of the wine by, and the prayer by Elder Harris, we're going to ask if you will follow the lead of our deacons. They will be ushering you out from the back up to the front. The elders will be standing to my left and to my right. You walk up to them, you re receive your emblem, and we ask if you will walk back down the center aisle to your seat. As much as possible, all is welcome. All is welcome to the table. But we want to make sure, and you will know this better than I, that you have examined yourself, that you have prepared yourself. The table is open for everyone. The Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. Let him come.
you are invited to the table. The blood that Jesus shed for me. From day, from day to day, it will never lose its power. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, as we are about to partake of this Lord's Supper, we pray now. That you would transform the emblems on this table from a common use to a spiritual and more holy use. We invite your presence in this service right now. Direct our hearts. Direct our minds. Get us ready for that day when you come. That we all will be prepared to receive you in that great getting up morning. For I believe this morning, God, that every last one of us in here is here because of your leading. Yes. No accidents. Right. No mishaps. Right. But you were purposeful. Yes. In your choosing. Yes, Lord. So Father. Search our hearts. Yes. Forgive us of our sins. Yes. And we will be ever so mindful. Yes. To give you the praise. The honor and the glory. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We'll now have our reading of the bread. And the prayer by Elder Wellington. Followed by the reading and the prayer of the wine. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Lord God, we are positioning now, Lord, to return back unto you that which is yours, ourselves. That, Lord, we recognize the brokenness of your body, but, Lord, you got up. And now, Lord, here we are. And so, Lord, in remembrance of what you have done, we return ourselves back to you. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And we give all honor, praise, and glory unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sin. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood. And now, Lord, we can lose all our guilty stains. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, as our minds are taken to Calvary. 
Lord, you hung on that cross for us, Lord. Lord, we're thankful for the blood that you have shed for the remission of our sins. For that, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yes, to the heart. 
Has there been anyone overlooked? Jesus took the bread as he sat at the table with his disciples. As they were partaking of this meal, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this bread is an emblem of my body. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. after he had taken the bread and broke it and blessed it he then took the cup he held the cup up he said this cup is a cup of the new testament this is my blood that was shed for you do this in remembrance of me
Bible said after they have partake of such meal, they still continue the joy of celebration and they went out under the, the tree and they, the Bible said they began to sing even more songs. It was a celebration, a time of joy, a time of excitement for what Jesus has done. We can now come to the table, sins forgiven. Hallelujah. Clean slate because of what Jesus has done. We have our deacons at the door for those that want to hold on to your cups as an emblem, as a, a memorial or a reminder. We encourage you to do that. But what we do ask that you do not leave them on the floor. <laughs> the deacon will be in the back for those that want to dispose of them. There's a container that you can drop them in. They'll be back there to receive. Also, as you leave, we have a basket, a green basket. I believe it's the green basket. If you have a love offering donation that will help goes towards those that are in need. At this time, we have our deacon in school. thank you for tabernacling with us. Continue to keep us ever before thee, we pray in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen, amen again. God bless you. One day when I was young.